All right. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning and observe, not just this morning, but every Sunday, what took place on Calvary. Father, we can't express how grateful we are for the price that was paid on Calvary to give us eternal life. Lord, I just ask that as we read through those scriptures this morning, Lord, that hearts be touched and that you just anoint us with your presence. And Lord, if there's anyone here this morning that needs to know you, that you would stir their heart to repentance. Lord, I just pray for the circumstances that each and every prayer request that was named this morning and those that were unnamed, what they might be. Lord, you know what they are. You're completely sovereign. And I just ask that you just be personal to each and every one of those circumstances, Lord, and that each and every individual might turn to you, not to other means. I just ask that you would continue to bless us, lead us, guide us, and direct us in what you have called us to be, and that is your church. These things I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Well, again, it's good to have everyone this morning. Um, I uh, don't want to disappoint you, but I don't have a big fancy sermon prepared for you. Uh, but what I do want to do this morning is simply us read together in remembrance of what took place on Calvary. And when we get done, we're going to observe the Lord's Supper. And I would ask each and every one of you before we get to that point to examine yourself and make sure that you're ready uh, to partake in, and participate in that. And if you're not, please don't. It's important that as if we, if, if we do that, that our hearts, that we're in the right relationship with God. And I ask that each and every one of us observe, observe ourselves, uh, examine ourselves uh, so that we can be in the right place with that. I'm trying something new this morning. This is the first morning I'm trying to, I've gotten so blind that I'm trying to read from an iPad and I'm not very technically savvy, so y'all bear with me a moment. Luke 23. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read through Luke 23 and 24. Uh, and again, uh, I may stop and I may not. You know, the Bible says the gospel doesn't return to him void. And <clears throat> just the mere hearing of the price that was paid and what Jesus did for us may be enough for, for some of you this morning. But I, I hope that as we go through these scriptures this morning, that it, it really is personal to you. That if you haven't experienced saving faith through Jesus Christ, that... This morning, these scriptures and, and the importance of it stirs you. And your eyes, the scales are removed from your eyes and your heart is open to receive Jesus. Amen. So let's start in, in verse 1 of, of chapter 23 of Luke. Then the whole multitude of them arose and led him to Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, 
We found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ the king. Then Pilate asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him and said, It is as you say. So Pilate said to the chief priests in the crowd, I find no fault in this man. But they were, uh, but they were the more fierce, saying, He stirs up the people, teaching throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee to this place. When Pilate heard of Galilee, he asked if the man were a Galilean. And as soon as he knew that he belonged to Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at the time. Now when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceedingly glad, for he had desired for a long time to see him because he had heard many things about him, and he hoped to see, him, uh, see some miracle done by him. Then he questioned him with, with many words, but he answered him nothing. And the chief priests and the scribes stood vehemently accused him. Then Herod, with his men of war, treated him with contempt and mocked him, arrayed him in a gorgeous robe, and sent him back to Pilate. That very day, Pilate and Herod became friends with each other, for previously they had been at enmity with each other. Verse 13, Then Pilate, when he had called together the chief priests, the rulers, and the people, said to them, You have brought this man to me as one who misleads the people, and indeed... Having examined him in your presence, I have found no fault in this man concerning those things of which you accuse him. Nor neither did Herod, for I sent you back to him. And indeed, nothing deserving of death has been done by him. I will therefore chastise him and release him, for it was necessary for him to release one of them at the feast. And they called and cried out at once, saying, Away with this man and release to us Barabbas who had been thrown into prison for a certain rebellion made in the city and for murder. Pilate, therefore, wishing to release Jesus, again called out to them. But they shouted, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Then he said to them the third time, Why, what evil has he done? I have found no reason for death in him. I will, therefore, chastise him and let him go. But they were insistent demanding with loud voices that he be crucified. And the voices of these men and of the chief priests prevailed. So Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they requested. And he released to them the only one they, requ the, the one they requested, who for rebellion and murder had been thrown into the prison. But he delivered Jesus to their will. Now as they led him away, they laid hold of a certain man, Simon a Cyrenian, who was coming from the country, and on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. And a great multitude of people followed him, and women who also mourned and lamented him. But Jesus turning to them said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For indeed the days are coming in which they will say, Blessed are the barren, wombs that never bore, and breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills cover us. For if they do these things in the green wood, what will they do in the dry? There were also two others, criminals, led with him to put, be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, they, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. 
And they divided his garments and cast lots. And the people stood looking on. But even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ, the chosen of God. The soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And an inscription also was written over him uh, in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. Then one of the criminals who was hanged there blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we, ind and we indeed justly, for we receive the reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness all over the earth until the ninth hour. Then the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. So when the centurion saw what had happened, he glorified God, saying, Certainly, this was a righteous man. And the whole crowd who came together to, to that site, seeing what had been done, beat their breast and returned. But all his acquaintances and the women who followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. Now, behold, there was a man named Joseph, a council member, a good and just man. He had not consented to their decision, indeed. He was from Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who himself was also waiting for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took, then he took it down, wrapped it in linen, and laid it in a tomb that was hewn out of the rock, where no one had ever lain before. That day was the preparation of, and the Sabbath draw near. And the women who had come with him from Galilee followed after, and they observed the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and fragrant oils, and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. Now, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, I'm in chapter 24 now, sorry. Now, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened. And they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then, as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Then they returned from the tomb and told of these things to the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. And their words seemed to them like idle tales and they did not believe them. But Peter arose and ran to the tomb, and stooping down, he saw the linen clothes lying by themselves, and he departed, marveling to himself at what he had seen. 
Now behold, two of them were traveling the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together and all these things which had happened. So it was, while they conversed and reasoned, that Jesus himself drew near and went to them. But their eyes were restrained, so that they did not know him. And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with another as you walk and are sad? Then the one whose name was Cleophas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem, and have you not known the things which have happened in these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who have arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who had said he was alive. And a certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all the prophets have spoken, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at... Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures these things concerning himself. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther, but they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he, spent in, uh, he went in and to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed it, and broke it. <clears throat> And gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him. And he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road, and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem, and found the eleven who were, uh, found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Now as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why, why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that is, I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, Have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb, and he took it and ate it in their presence. Then he said to them, These are the words in which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written and the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding and they might comprehend, that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. 
And you were witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany. And he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned him to Jerusalem with great and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. No more beautiful story ever created than that one right there. You see, we don't deserve anything but hell. The fall in the garden from our mother and father, Adam and Eve, sentenced us to hell apart from a Savior. Apart from a redeeming Savior, a perfect lamb, that lamb that we just read about that went to the cross, of his own free will, for you and me. How can, how can we ignore? How can we ignore? I tell you how we ignore it because there's scales on our eyes. And our hearts are hardened from birth. And we're rebellious. We're a rebellious creature. We're a prideful, rebellious creature. And in that pride and rebellion, we reject God. We, we, we push against God. And without the Holy Spirit doing a work inside of us and softening our heart and removing those skills from our eyes and, and, and opening our, our ears for hearing and understanding, we're, we're destined for hell. There's no way out except through Jesus. Jesus Christ in Calvary is the only way to heaven. It's the only way to have a relationship with God. And I ask you this morning, is your heart in the right place? Are you in a place in your life where you're backslidden? And you've, been, you've turned and been running. It's time, it's, it's time to repent. It's time to repent. Are, are you this morning... You just don't have a relationship with God. I ask you to bow and, and, and beg for His forgiveness. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. Let me tell you, I know we've all heard there's no peace like there's the peace of Jesus. But I'm going to tell you something. If you're if, if you're lost this morning and you're apart from Him, words can't words can't be put into expression to 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 make you understand that peace. When 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 He forgives you and your transgressions are are put as far away as the east is from the west. It doesn't matter what your circumstances are because in those circumstances, you can lean on Him. You have somebody to cling to. You say, well, I have, my, I have friends and family. I'm going to tell you something. Your friends and family in this world are the best you got. But they can't offer you what Jesus offers you. They can't give you everlasting life. 
The only way that you can achieve everlasting life is through Jesus, through repentance, through remission of our sins, through the blood that was shed on Calvary. We're about to observe communion and the Lord's Supper in remembrance of what took place on Calvary. And, and I... Check that door. I pray this morning that, that it is... It is something very personal to you. Very personal to you. Because if it's not personal to you, I ask that you search your heart. I ask that, I ask that you bow in your prayer closet or this altar is open for, for, for you to get in a right relationship with the Father. Because he's the only one that turns lives around. He's the only one that makes a mess turn into a beauty. We all, every, each and every one of us have, have places that we can testify and tell you about where we've come from. And all of us are fallen. Every one of us are fallen. And we're a mess apart from Jesus. So your mess this morning is not too great for Jesus. Your mess of circumstances this morning, whether it's, it's addiction or whatever the, the case may be, that mess is not too great for Jesus. He brings beauty out of those messes. There's an example after example after example in the Word of God of the most wretched individuals that probably have ever walked the face of the earth that he turned into beautiful, beautiful children for him. You see, sin, sin. Sin, sin. The fruits of your sin are no different than the fruits of my sin. It's an attitude. The fruits of your sin may have landed you behind bars somewhere or it may have landed you in, in, in whatever circumstances, but it's still sin. It's still sin. And our Heavenly Father is in the business of cleansing from sin. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you this morning for this time together. And Lord, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that you saw fit to forgive us and make a way for us have to for us to have an eternal relationship with you. Father, again, I ask you this morning to stir hearts, open eyes and ears of understanding that, that we may see, Lord, that nothing on this earth matters except living to glorify you. It's all just things. It's all just material. It's all temporal. But what's not temporal is a relationship with you. Father, I ask you to bless this service. Lord, as, as, as we're about to, to observe communion, Lord, I ask that it bring honor and glory to Jesus. These things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.